You're listening to Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives. I'm Celeste A. Frazier, your hostess. I'm an ordained New Thought minister who embraces all faiths. I've pastored a few spiritual communities, written a few books, several scripts, contributed to spiritual magazines. I write poetry, essays, and stories. I'm a visioning facilitator, a diversity and inclusion trainer, and a social activist. With Mystic Magic, we explore amazing guests to find out what the divine reveals through us and how we may benefit from this magnificence. Stay tuned. This is Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives. I was asked to give a talk about the Black Madonna a few weeks ago, and I was realizing that she had already been part of me before I began that journey. Because after I did the talk, they were like, okay, could you do like a whole series? Because I was like, you can't possibly do this all, cover all of this in one session. And so I was visiting the Black Madonna in all of her roots, and particularly the African, which is the original expression, but also in the many other ways that she has transported both energetically and through paintings and through statues throughout Latin America, Europe, the Americas, under the names of everything from Virgin Mary to Our Lady of Guadalupe to Our Lady of Shestakova to many names, you know, really starting off with Isis and Oshun and and many other expressions. But in all the ways that people have attempted to capture her energy, her image, her relationship, their relationship to her, it's really been about the divine feminine. And it's been about nature. It's been about vulnerability. It's been about emerging sexuality. It's been about how we're handled and how we're handling ourselves, what our biology is, what our creativity is, how we flower. And the special gifts of the divine feminine have traveled through Turkey, through through many different regions. And going back to ancient times and going through Middle Ages and even now, I am feeling her vibration calling out to us to really deal with this climate change situation in a significant way. But in all of the attempts to oppress her, all of the attempts to minimize her role have been in vain because she continues to triumph. She continues to be the excellent energy that we all get to enjoy through the miraculous ways that she transforms our lives, the ways that she embodies us and puts us in touch with other expressions of life, the miracles that are resulting in cathedrals and all kinds of dedicated altars and all kinds of vigils and all kinds of songs and just so many ways that people are seeking to hold on to her presence, her energy, her vibration. 
and the ways that people's lives have been saved by experiencing her intrinsically, seeing images of her. It's just been amazing. And not just people, like birds, like dolphins, like all kinds of life expression. The recent people have testified about miracles in World War II and even through today. And so what I'm knowing is that when I'm feeling her presence, it's, it's so magical and so, and so transforming that it has up-leveled my life in many different dimensions, but primarily at the level of my consciousness. And so as I look at Alessandro Belloni and her stories, as I look at the African goddesses and their expressions, you know, looking at Ishtar, uh, Inanna, Astarte, Ashtoreth, looking at the queen of heaven and earth, the lady of hosts, the lady of battles, this wonderful vibration that is the first Right. And the last, just like Lucy, the first human bones were found. It's a female in Africa. Of course, everything started in Africa because Africa was the first place that there was life. So still, the feminine has been both honored and scorned, been totally slut shamed. And then at the same time held in the in the highest esteem will kill in her name. And yet her silence may seem to be incomprehensible, but it has such a powerful effect on us all. I'm knowing that all of the cultural memories of African origins, they bear her secret and she continues to guide us through our darkness. And it's the mystery of the creative force that she brings us. And it's in the blueprint of every person. You know, it's intrinsically within us. And whatever you want to call her, the great mother, the black Madonna, the sacred feminine, the eternal mother, she has the primal power of the feminine principle. She has the knowledge. She's been embodied in Mary Magdalene, in her daughter, Sarah, and Tamar and the Queen of Sheba. So, you know, there's so many stories about all of these emanations of the Black Madonna. And so Black Madonnas are found in France and Germany and Poland and Switzerland and Austria and Spain. They're on ancient sites. They're sacred. It's about the primordial mother energy. There are temple sites of this feminine principle and there's all kinds of phallic constructions inspired by her. Black Madonnas are in caves and crypts with healing springs nearby. There's a site in the Pyrenees of Southern France that does not have a Black Madonna image. It's in the Cathar region and the little church was restored by a priest named Beringer Saunier about a century ago. And in front of the altar is a boss relief of a picture of a kneeling devout Mary Magdalene in a cave with a skull and an open book next to her. Now, this guy, Sonye, becomes rich mysteriously. He possesses the secret knowledge and he expressed the knowledge kind of cryptically as he refurbished his church with the Mary Magdalene pilgrimages throughout the Cathar district. And so there's this energy of Mary Magdalene as the Black Madonna.
as the source of power, as the energy field. And the story is that all of these expressions of her exist in many lands. And in this particular area of France, they lived as a group, 12 female disciples. Kind of wonder which story came first. Was it really the 12 females or was it the 12 males? Of course, there were women. They were cursed. They were forgotten about. But, you know, the story is that she and Jesus brought forth the seed and planted it in the key line system of the earth. And knowing that there would be poison from forces that didn't want to see them as ordinary people because they were so busy deifying Jesus, she she had to hide her blessed child. And so they couldn't grasp the idea of gods and goddesses that were human. We can do it now. We can talk about superheroes and all of that. But we can only do it in a cartoon form because for some reason we can't accept that we have the capacity to be gods and goddesses. But the story is when the black Madonnas rise, they'll bring back fruit to the tree of life. They'll bring back fruit to the earth. And boy, could we use them now, not just in a sculpture of a woman sitting with a child in her lap or without a child in her lap, not necessarily dressed showily and luxuriously but to really know that if this story is true that mary magdalene traveled to egypt with a group after jesus was resurrected they crossed the mediterranean sea and they came to the rome delta with joseph the three marys jesus's brother and three children were the result of Jesus and Mary Magdalene's union. Because the Black Madonna stands for primeval power. She's the first principle of the creatrix. She heals from nothingness. She heals the lame and the blind as Sarah, even as a child. She represents passion, zest for life. She's the embodiment of the Black goddess who symbolizes the feminine principle. And so the Black Madonna's voice has never left. Her energy still lives on in the collective consciousness. She's been distorted into something we are not. She is not. She's deeply connected with the earth, with Africa. And because Africa has been slandered with primitive namings rather than the creative primeval power that it is, but this power will not be repressed and this power will continue to reincarnate until it is integrated in society. So all the violent outbursts in nature are revealing this energy and it might be a devastating experience to us all. But if you begin to recognize this power in yourself, then you and I and everybody else whose game can help to recreate the earth because you know it needs some recreating. But we have the mastery within us. We can absolutely know, regardless of what the church fathers told us, that the skin of this woman was dark, but they've never been able to banish her completely from the church because she's so intrinsically a part of us. Shaka Khan sang, I'm every woman. It's all in me. Everything you want done, baby, I'll do it naturally.
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mary Magdalene is the every woman. She's the alter ego of Isis, the black Madonna. Although images of women on the cross have long been considered blasphemous by many Christians, women were crucified by the Roman Empire. Mary Magdalene was a martyr, but not in that way. Outside of the church, she is known as Christ's bride. And for all the slut-shaming she has endured, she somehow has also attained sainthood. Each of us are expressions of her. In the feminine, we are recognized, and by that I mean seen as either a martyr, a bride, or a saint. According to the unwritten book of expectations by man unkind, I am supposed to put myself last, give all that I am to you, and I am to keep my virtue while doing so. I can do the martyr part well. I have mastered martyrdom. I have been criticized, marginalized, verbally, physically, and emotionally beaten. I have been nearly destroyed by words, by deeds, by accusations, and by seeds. I am criticized for being too bold and too loud, when in truth I am not cowering the way he, she, or they need me to in order to make them feel whole. I've been marginalized for being the lesser of the genders and therefore not entitled to receive the same pay for the same work that I do. I have been verbally beaten by those who feel the need to be lord over me, for my shrinkage is not a loss, but an expectancy of the kingdom, for they are not aware yet of my queendom. Every time I have been physically beaten by a so-called loved one was because of his jealousy his insecurity and his need to be more important than me. I have been emotionally beaten by those who wish to scorn my reputation in an attempt to minimize my self-esteem. I've had accusations made about me. I've had emotional abuse by a partner and I have been emotionally tormented by those who themselves were abused and didn't know how to love in a healthy way. I have even come close to dying to my supreme self because the seed that wanted to be born was aborted for it did not have the proper king or queen to assist me in fulfilling its rightful place as adventurer fool, as the redeemer of us all. But I, like Mary Magdalene, still rise like Maya. I rise above the male ego and fragile feminine who must reign over something, but have yet to learn their own magnificence. I, like Mary Magdalene, still triumph over inequity by not placing value in what you give me because I know what's in me is greater than anything you think is valuable. I get up after a beatdown because I know that the trauma you have does not belong to me. And though I may carry the injuries for a while, they will not become a part of my nature for I am greater than pain. I am pleasure itself. I am pleasure, not merely because I seek it, but because I give it. I am a martyr only because the victim and sufferer die, not because my self-love was neglected while I spent time lifting you. Remember, a martyr always has a cause and is always willing. I am a bride, not because I married, but I exchanged vows out loud to another. And more than words, I committed to another for what I wanted to be a lifetime. But for them, him, her, they, 
the commitment was on their terms. As long as they get what they want, but I don't get to have what I need, we can stay betrothed. But if I seek something more outside of that paradigm, I am expendable. I don't leave the marriage because you are not enough for me. I leave because the one I betrothed has died. And although you may have not been awakened to your Christhood, I am awakened to my divinity. But I choose something other than nails and blood and tombs as my pathway to heaven. I choose heaven as that which pulls me and not just that which pushes me into submission. I am a bride because I loved who I chose to love. I am a bride because I gave all I had to give. I am a bride because I had you and held you from that day forward. And once I have loved you, I hold you not within my grasp, but in my heart forward. I am better for the lessons I have learned from you. I am worse for the pain I caused you. I am richer because of you. I am less poor because of you. I am sick about the way your impatience deserted me before I could learn to love in a way that was mutually satisfying. Yet, I am healthier than I ever was because you didn't kill me. You just made me stronger. I love and cherish you until death do I part. I am a saint because more than anything, I am honest. I am not honest in the way you would have me be. I steal pens and sometimes fruit from the store when it's loose and particularly inviting. There's no snake inviting me to do so. Just my roguish human hunger for enjoyment. I am virtuous in that I am a fundamentally good person. I want what is best for all, and I'm willing to do much in order for that to be achieved. I am most certainly righteous, simply because I am right. And whether or not you agree, I am most clear that love is eternal and not to be taken lightly. I am right that fear is not my friend, and although I can push through it, I may need it to find the newest modality to unleash its grasp on my mind. It will never have my heart. This most definitely makes me worthy. Not because you say so, but by virtue of the truth that I am made in the image and likeness of love, beauty, freedom, wisdom, compassion, right action, and peace. I am abundant and prosperous, not because of my bank account or shares or property, but I am the account, the shares, and the wealth, the property of no one. I am honorable. Because despite the many ways that I have been scorned, used, abused, and dismissed, I do not want to hurt anyone who has ever been blinded by my light so much that they embrace darkness as a way to punish me for shining so bright. I am moral enough. I know the bigotry and discrimination is not right. Integration is right because it is how the Creator made us. It is moral to love one's neighbor. It is moral to welcome the stranger. It is moral to fight for those who have misfortune. It is moral to know that all people are sacred. It is moral to know that all people are holy. You may hear me cuss and maybe even be unkind. You will most definitely see me being impatient. But I strive to be upright and I work on my kindness and patience. I can say with confidence that I will not be officially declared as a saint once I am no longer in this body. I may belong to a canon of literary and artistic works, but it will not be because of my saintliness that I am canonized 
And to prove that point, I will now plagiarize Shaka Khan's writing as my own. I'm every woman. It's all in me. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check out our show notes for more information about today's topics and our fabulous guest. You can find Mystic Magic on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all of the great podcast venues. Please subscribe to be notified about future episodes. If Mystic Magic has been a blessing to you, please support the show. This is Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives.